that's the cheapest one. Stacking these oranges up like coupons. Told you from up again, upper echelon. I get the stacking up. I'm untouchable. I get the All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. 877-374-7463 is your number to participate. Or just 877-37-GRIND. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. All right. Want to welcome in the score and Lubbock and here to the second hour. Keep in mind, if you want to listen to the first hour, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com, and you can just click the play button. You'll find us there the first hour. But welcome. Uh, just to kind of let you know what we've been talking about, uh, brought up Tiger Woods. You know, he's teed off. I heard he birdied his first hole, so we'll see. Probably could triple bogey the next two or three. That's kind of where he's been the last couple of years. We'll see if he's just healthy to go ahead and complete it. So we talked about that. We also talked about NBA. Uh, biggest couple stories is Boston's made it official. All right. Uh, they've named their coach, Joel Zuna. They've named him head coach now. Um, also... You know, the other story is Kevin Love is in talks with the Cavs for a buyout. And I just feel there's going to be quite a few teams, I believe, should be, that's going to be looking for services. So we've kind of discussed that. Um, Also, uh, we were going to talk a little bit about uh, some NFL doings. I definitely have some off-the-field stuff. We talked about the only thing NFL we really talked about you missed in the first hour was I touched on Kansas City in their parade. Um, You know, Patrick was just trashed. I mean, he was gone. <clears throat> I mean, he's stumbling to the porta potties. I'm like, man, this is Fiesta. And they're just waiting on this guy. I'm like, can he just go in there and, you know, use a restaurant piece? But I brought up, they were talk, they talking greasy. And for those that don't know what that means, okay, um, it's an urban saying of saying that, hey, they're talking trash. They're talking slick. They were talking very confident, being cocky. So that's what it means, talking greasy. You know, but Patrick was lit. All right. Rebuilding. I don't even know what that's about. I like I saw him and I saw like what was that movie with <laughs> with uh my man um Chris Farley and Kevin Spade with the Tommy Boy when he's on stage and he's all been smoking with the Jamaicans, so I just goes to the stage and he's just rumbling on. It's like when Patrick had that moment, it's just like rebuilding because he want because Patrick is not a guy except on the field probably, but in public interview he's not. Patrick's not a cocky guy that basically <clears throat> is going to talk has talked a lot of trash publicly or talked himself up. So I could tell it was liquor courage. And it was also pretty much not used to really being like that. He was trying to figure out what can I say to really stick my chest out. Because like I said, his hype man, Kelsey, I mean, these two guys, like it, after the conference championship game against Cincy and after the Super Bowl, every time these two are around a mic, I swear they're about to go cut. They're they about to make a mixtape. You know? I mean, Kel, like we get it, Kelsey, like Pat, like I swear, I, Flavor Flav ain't done this better of a hype job than Kelsey has. We don't need, Patrick don't even need no hype. But there was a reporter, Tucker, that said, oh, this guy, look at him. He's got kids that look up to him. How could he act like that? That's, he's a grown man, man. Raise your own kids. Like, Patrick's been a hell of a role model. I mean, he's easy to be coached. He's respectable. Like I say, he's not cocky. Now, the team's getting cocky. I mean, you hang out with Kelsey, it's going to rub on you. got to talk something. I mean, you just won. You got two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. 
you know, three conference championship games under your belt. Uh, but the one thing I said in this day and age that we live and these young kids, they like what they call pulling receipts. And that that quote's going to be with him. I don't even know what rebuilding's about. Because if you think about some of the greats, they've kind of had to go through it almost at least semi one time or so. For the exceptions of, well, no, I can't even see Peyton Manning. I mean, for the exceptions of maybe Tom. I mean, he's exception to a lot of rules. Okay. Um, but we'll see. But I'll remember that. And the one thing I will say before we leave that, I didn't bring this up in the first hour before we move on. Again, I said it after the conference championship, and I said it after the a Super Bowl presentation with Kelsey. And, and Casey Rob messaged me this, and I pushed back on him. Look, man, what I'm not going to accept, I mean, for Kelsey to sit there and say nobody picked them to win the Super and nobody, nobody made – there's people that picked them to miss the playoffs. We're going overboard. I mean, I get it. I mean, whatever you got to do against the Migas, but there, I'll call fair is fair. Like, stop it, man. There wasn't people picking Kansas City to miss the playoffs. The the main talk what this has to do with is the subtraction of 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 uh, Tyreek Hill, which I still feel like they missed him. But that just shows you exactly. I believe in you. If you think about it, um, who was this? I had a good point. I think it was uh, it, Keyshawn Johnson. I heard him. He had a hell of a point on NFL Live. He said, you know, if you think about it, Andy Reid, and this goes back to why I say this whole thing, is he going to catch Brady? He's not having Andy Reid for another 15, 20 years. Andy ain't about to slow down. I don't think he's quitting. That's a big part of that. And, you know, Keyshawn Johnson had a good point. He said, you know what? He goes, if you think about it, because the whole thing about Tyreek Hill and, you know, if this and then if you look at some free agents that they got, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, there's going to be some receivers out there that they might be able to go ahead and pull in there. If they lose, you know, they can't sign Juju or they move that. That's what this team is going to be about. The trenches and they're going to have to have interchangeable parts coming in the receiver. But like like, you know, Keyshawn was saying, if you think about Andy's career going back to Philly. He's really only had one dominant receiver in his career. And he had Terrell Owens for like, what, a year or two? If you think about it, from the Mitchells, that he's had guys that are just guys. So if you mix that with Patrick Mahomes, and that's the reason why Kansas City's front office has been running laps around that division and the AFC for the most part for the last six years, because they build and they think ahead and they know what they got and they've got the perfect rope that's being pulled on from the very top to the bottom. But what I'm not going to do is allow like this to turn into like nobody gave us a chance crap. You got Patrick Mahomes. 877-374-7463. So moving on, um, before I go into NFL, let me circle back before what we were talking about before we went to the break about we were looking, talking to NBA and we're talking about the 210, our backyard. Um, They broke the record last night. That's 14 losses in a row. That's the most ever since going back to ABA, playing with a black, uh, playing with a red and white blue basketball, to when they came into the Hemisphere Arena. In my opinion, Coach Pop, for the first time probably all season, 
showed some signs of frustration. You know, basically paraphrase, oh, the young thing's getting old. Oh, well, you know, if you start, you know, we're feeling sorry for ourselves, you know, it was coming to all-star break, some of these guys go with your family, go your love, and I'm paraphrasing. But if you're starting to feel sorry for yourself, you know, the young thing's getting old. If you want to stop losing, play some defense. Just paraphrase. To me, there's two things. For one, it's borderline fake frustration and being upset. Like, I could tell, I mean, now, with that said, do I believe the losing's kind of getting to him? Like, when you sit and you've been accustomed and you're the all-time winningest coach in the NBA, I don't care whether the guys are 19, 20, when you start taking beatdowns. And see, these are things where it's got to be frustration for Pop because you're sitting there in these games and then all of a sudden you just have a quarter where you get outscored 30 to 14. And it's happened through this whole 14-game losing streak, it feels like. But to me, that's a little bit of fakeness. And, and that's kind of like basically, because, you know, we're getting to this time, and I don't know, I saw a report, I don't know if it's confirmed, but we're getting to the all, we're at the all-star break. We're at the break after today. There's only like two games on the docket, two or three games on the docket. There's emails going to be going out to about four teams from the commissioner. Like, hey, you four teams. We're watching. We know the second half season. We got two seasons in the NBA that's about to kick off after the All-Star break in Utah. One is the race for who's going to get the Larry O'Brien trophy and who's going to get the number one seed, who's going to win the West and the East. The other season, who's getting Wimbamba? That's what we're coming down to. And they already are under watch. Now, with that loss, they're in that 14 percentile. They're, they're, they're right there with three teams that give you the best chance, the 13 to 14% chance of getting the number one ping pong ball. That was borderline. I've seen Pop after blowouts, hugging coaches. He's never, this is the only, this is the first time that he's called this team out all year long. Am I going to say it's 100% sliding in the base fake hustle? No, because I do believe the losing is starting to get to him a little bit. And maybe the message that he's trying to say, hey, man, how many times we got to go over this? And it comes time with a young team, you got to get in and you can develop bad habits. But, you know, like Jonas always said, you never know what's going to feel like till you actually go through it. But I just thought, I'd, I mean, you tell me at the 14th loss is what kind of gave it in to give this speech. Because, you know, in his tenure, the 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 go-to card was their soft. That you know, in the Tim era, the Dave era, that was that one thing that could get them when he would do that, team would respond, they go out and win six, seven games in a row. That ain't been working for like the last three or four years. And this is the first time that he's basically called this young team out, but it's borderline flat sliding in the first base. Eight seven seven three seven four seven four six three. Kyrie Irving set out last night with tightness. What was it? Tightness in his hamstring back or what kind of tightness is it be? I mean, damn, you weren't playing for Brooklyn for like the last week before they traded your ass. It's like this whole load management and you never know one day to one day. I mean, Lucas still played. They took an L in Maha to to the Nuggets. Um, Again, I'm almost getting there with the Nuggets, but I I, want to see. I've got to see this Phoenix thing. I'm waiting until Kevin Durant gets cleared because I've got to see this Phoenix thing take place because I believe that that trade 
probably didn't get enough attention as it should have. But I want to wait to see how this plays out. But the Nuggets are, I mean, they're impressive because they're winning on back-to-backs. They're winning against teams. That's easy that you could sit there. Not that Mavericks was one of those teams, but some of these lesser teams, they're, they're sitting there where you could easily take a night off. You could, But no, they're getting Ws. Just find a way to get wins. So they're very deep and very good. But, you know, we're waiting to see. I mean, we've seen one game with Kyrie Irving and Luka. I think, and then Kyrie missed yesterday's game. But they're going to have to figure out this whole load management situation is just something, something, something crazy. 877-374-7463. Sticking to basketball, but let's go to the amateurs in college basketball because March Madness will be here before you know it. Told you a couple games in the ASCC that was kind of big yesterday. One of them kind of flew on the radar for most, but I think Kentucky got a very important – I mean, that's one of those teams that really, if it ended the day, you'd make a hard case to try to put them in the tournament. But going on the road and getting a win in Mississippi State was huge. Mississippi State's been playing better basketball of late. And, again, I don't know what it is about Wednesdays, okay, with the number one team in the country. Go look at how many times. First of all, no one's held the number one team in the country title that long. I think Purdue is the team that, in my eyes, if I'm just going off the dome, it's probably had it a little bit longest. But if you go look at how many times the number one team's been upset on Wednesday, I don't know what it is. It's just like that passenger seat, man. Like if it's a big got hit in the passenger seat, Pac was riding that passenger seat. Don't ride in the passenger seat. Don't be number one and play Wednesday nights. They got they got got in Rocky Mountain Top High in Tennessee. Tennessee got them. A good SEC win uh, for old Rick Barnes. He got a he got a victory last night. Um, Alabama. It doesn't really change. I still think that probably talent wise, the way they play. They're linked. They're definitely one of the teams right now that it would be a surprise or a shock if they're not at least at a, at a Final Four or Elite Eight at the very minimum. Now, anything can happen in a one-and-done situation. I mean, especially as good as they've shot the three over the last couple of years, that could always go cold on them. Uh, but it's a situation where I think they're built. And, again, we don't have a dominant team in college basketball this year. We just don't. Um, I think it's wide open. We have it's, it's a consensus that the Big 12 is the toughest conference, but we just don't have that dominant team that can't be beat in college basketball. They just We don't have that team this year, in my opinion. And that's going to make March a little bit juicier, right? You know, because oh. it really feels like, I mean, yeah, you, you can always have your Cinderella's, but that field of 64 feels a lot tighter. Them four or five matchups, you know, even you get those two, whatever, them, them two threes against how anything could happen. I mean, I would expect, and especially, that's why I keep talking about the Mountain West. Those are the type of teams that you get these teams that have got seniors and juniors, and they come out and just bite your ass. But even the Blue Bloods, nobody's that dominant. The other story, though, that's in basketball that's kind of been out there is a revolving former UT coach, former Texas Tech Raid Raider head coach, Chris Beard. Uh, according to reports yesterday that circled around, I guess the charges of domestic violence and other charges that were stemming, um, they've been dropped. Huh, Jonas? They've dropped. Do you have the, I got to hear, what was the statement? What is the reason? What did the DA say? What did he like the, the statement in the release of May making the decision? Didn't they release a statement they're making a decision of, of, Dropping charges and why? Yeah, so count, uh, Travis County District Attorney's Office uh, released a statement yesterday um, on, about the dismissed case against former UT men's basketball head coach Chris Beard. Um, reading from the report uh, today, uh, yesterday, uh, Travis County District Attorney Jose Gar Garza announced that our office has filed a motion to dismiss the case against Chris Beard after a careful and thorough review of the evidence, recent public statements, and considering Ms. True's 
um, wishes, our office has determined that the felony offense cannot be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Okay, there's a couple of things. There's a couple angles that come to my mind with this situation. And we talked about this a few weeks back. Um, again, we go in this time to where, whether they're or professional organizations, universities, it doesn't matter. We go into this situation to where programs and organizations are forced to make decisions quickly because of public opinion and public pushback and public protest. And again, we keep finding out there are people that are, I mean, there's, there's guys in different walks, whether it's college, MLB, Trevor Bauer, Chris Beard. First of all, we find out that where there's allegations of stuff like this, where people basically lose their job, but yet and still they don't end up getting charged with anything. That's one angle that I look at this from that point. But also, maybe totally contradicting, I'll tell you the other side, the way I look at it as well when we get back. 877-374-7463. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind Cuban dipped it in a fountain. Everywhere that I go, it's a light show. 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. It's been the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glaciers fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pendleton Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. That is Pilden Whiskey, which is an official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and the official whiskey of the professional bull riding tour, the PBR Velocity Tour, and it's the official whiskey of the sports grind and an official sponsor of the sports grind. 877-374-7463. All right, so before we leave, uh, read some of your comments on Facebook Live that are streaming there uh, through Facebook of Sports Grind Entertainment or my personal page, we'll, uh, I'll respond to those after this take here. I want to wrap up with the Chris Beard situation. Um, so again, I mean, this is a situation where the University of Texas had it in their language and this all their coaches contracts with, you know, hey, anything detrimental to the university, anything like that, it reserves the right to go ahead and terminate it. I get it. But it's a situation where, again, he wasn't charged with anything. Now, I know you were talking, I think Texas has already released a statement that despite, you know, the ruling by the DA, um, they still stand by their decision of releasing something along those lines. Right? It's, it's not a news statement. Okay. Um, it was in the uh, the termination letter. Okay. That they had sent him and his attorney, uh, and this is coming from Westcott Eberts, uh, who's a producer and editor over at uh, Burnt Orange Nation. Okay. Um, and he and he shared the uh, shared the actual agreement mm-hmm. and highlighting the points where the university says whether or not the district attorney ultimately charges Mister Beard is not determinative of whether he engaged in conduct, conduct unbecoming of a head coach of, a, of our university. There seems to be an incorrect underlying assumption that, there, uh, that the criminal process outcome dictates Mr. Beard's employment outcome. But these are different processes where different decision makers are weighing different factors. Again, it's a moral thing. I mean, it sounds good all the way they put it, but regardless... Um it's just the times we live in. Now, look, my other point to this is this is obviously there's two things. Either these charges are getting dropped because of Chris Beard being Chris Beard. OK, and they're electing as a DA. Hey, you know, we're just not going to put pick up and take these charges for it. Because I've been telling y'all I've repeated over and over again. Post O.J. Simpson. Especially in the state of Texas. If, if there's a call out, somebody's going down. So to me, it's either he's getting off because to me, even if you there's that happens every day in domestic cases where the spouse decides like after cooler heads prevailed, you realize this fight got a little escalated too quickly, got out of hand. All of a sudden, one of the spouses don't want to press charges. But for the normal people. For the people that are not in the tax bracket or coaching division or have been coached in a national championship game, the spouse can write letters to the judges, the DA. They can show up hand in hand with their husband on court dates or their man with their court dates. They still going through with the case for the most part. Or if I'm totally off base about that, 
Then the only other thing I can see is the other problem in this is that really on the original call out, the original call to the house or to the residence where this took place in the wee hours of the morning, evidently was there even enough to go ahead and charge him or even arrest him at that time? Or did you arrest him because who he was and to get that type of notoriety of publicity? It's either or, because my thing is, why are we to this point that what happened so egregious for this man to, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have, and I understand that they had this in the language of the, most of all their coaches at the University of Texas, but what happened for this man to lose his job to do, to get a mugshot, to go viral, to all of a sudden, what, two, three months later? I mean, I don't even know if it's been that long yet. It was December 12th. Okay, so, so we're not here even at three. Okay, months? right about three months. What's so different now? The or fact that there yeah, should be no months. charges filed. Something's wrong with that picture. A lot of things are wrong with that picture from the factors of the points that I'm pointing out. What do you got? Well, I, I think that the biggest piece of it is, again, Ms. True, who is his fiance, wanting, them dis wanting it dismissed. I think that's the biggest piece of it yeah but what and, i'm and saying then, and then of course but they had to investigate because you could say i mean especially in abusive relationships stockholm syndrome and all that kind of stuff to where uh, well i i just don't want to make him more mad i i i, I kind of need this this relationship especially because he does hold a lot of power the, the contract that he commands for his profession and so they have to do their background investigating and say, okay, is this really her wishes or is she just trying to protect it's herself? Not, has not, it has nothing to do with that. I'm telling you, every day there are couples, every average day couples, black, white, Hispanic, Chinese, Samoans, that get caught up in the justice system and regarding domestic violence. I'm talking sure, about where yeah. there's physical evidence that somebody's been harmed. And when cooler heads prevail, they go to the judge, they go to the, say, hey, I don't want to charge my husband. I don't want to charge my wife. And in this day and time that we live in post, there's actually it's called the post OJ law and the state of Texas. The bottom line, the state will still carry the case and let the judge hear it and let them determine what your fate going to be. Are we going to put you on probation? Do we think you need to do it's not 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 saying never. But 80, 90 percent of the time, after three months and there's a mug, they don't sit there and say, oh, well, you know, Miss, you know, Miss Beard, they weren't even married yet. But let's just say hypothetically, Miss Beard, Miss Miss True, Miss True, Miss True doesn't want to press charges. OK, well, she you know what? We overreact. No, it's because who he is or either the fact of it is that the first place it wasn't severe enough of a quote unquote domestic cop that he might not even have been arrested. Maybe she was telling them that night that, hey, they're, we're cool here. We got to control. No. Oh, hey, man, this is Chris Beard or whatever. Well, hey, man, you know, take him in. They, did they call? Do we got 911? We'll take him in. Every day. I know because I know people that's gone through this. If there's any abusive relationship and there's a domestic call or domestic dispute and there's and the DA takes it up, it doesn't matter what the other one says most of the time. Yeah, we know there are privileges afforded to a different tax bracket. Well, I look, I'm telling you that there's either two ways this could be. But the situation's messed up, and it goes with the theme that we talked about a few weeks ago, that when these stories break, especially when they're domestic violence, especially this, there's a lot of professional organizations and colleges that have to do coaches to players, that they make decisions, and it's really quick decisions because the, they don't want picket signs out there. They don't want to be perceived as insensitive. 
They don't want the women abuse group showing up by the droves to protest out of their outside their university or at their stadiums. So they've got to sit there and say, hey, that's enough little bit of evidence. We've got to cut bait now. Where basically a due process could be played out to be like, hey, all right, look, man, he didn't make any charges. He said whatever. Then fine. He served a year suspension. He served six years. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you Chris Beard should have kept his job. I'm just telling you countless. In the last five years, we've got a lot of these situations. Just as many that we have domestic violence and we've got arrest and we've got this. We've got the same amount of just things that just make the news and make the news. And they're really much about nothing. But they've already ruined somebody's career. Yeah, but like you even said at the time, you know, what his record at Texas, 29 and 12, they could have also just been seeing this as, hey, this is just cause. First off, it's a black eye on the university. This does not look good. But hey, we can separate from, uh, we were expecting more from Coach Beard. Now you've got Coach Terry. He's come in and, and, and has the team at the, at the top of you know contending for the the top of the Big Twelve and also a number one seed overall in next month's tournament. No, because 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 Chris Beard had them balling. Chris Beard, this was going to be this was going to, under Chris Beard, and I don't know what it might still be under there, but under Chris Beard, this was looking like if not this year in the next couple of years, especially with the way he's shown he could recruit in Texas, even when he was with Texas Tech, this is going to be this was more about this is a bad look for us. He was he had that team balling, so for them to cut bait, keep in mind they wanted him. I always go back to that university because the way that Charlie Strong thing played out, they did Charlie wasn't their first choice. Charlie was up against it from the get-go. Shaka Smart was their first coach, their first choice to replace Rick Barnes. And Chris Beard, they jacked Texas Tech. They sit there and said, no, man, you're not going to sit there. What? He went to a championship game. He did what? Oh, he getting his recruits. No, we're not, we're not going to let you. We're not going to let. We won't even call. I mean, they look at maybe even Texas' little cousin. And I don't disrespect Tech, but that's just, I mean, they call A&M little brother. So what does Burnt Orange think of Texas Tech? Don't kill me. I'm just delivering the message. So they just looked at it like, hey, man, there's no way we're going to let him build a powerhouse at Texas Tech under our nose. Go get him. Go get him. And that's what happened. So this is a guy they wanted. So to cut bait like this, this is about the time. We, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have been fired, but it just goes, whether we're talking about the punter from San Diego State who got released by the Bills before even taking a snap at preseason, but we found out the young lady was lying. He's done. There's been a list of guys in college football I can't even think of. I mean, that, and, and majority of these cases, not all, but majority of them, charges don't even get brought up. On some of these, they're not. Even, it just comes down to the moral part of where the pressure of the outside of society to where we can't no longer let the due process take its place. But don't feel sorry for Chris Beard. He's gonna lay low, and maybe I wouldn't even doubt it. In twenty twenty four season, he's got another offer from a big Division one program. I don't think Chris Beard, for age purposes. What have you done for me lately on the fresh of everybody's mind? I don't think he's going to have to take the Rick Pitino route. I don't think Chris Beard is going to have to go coach at an Iona or Mo Valley Conference School or something like that to get back. I think if he's ready when that's time, he's somebody's going to come, especially there's no charges now, somebody's going to come back and give him 
an opportunity here soon at a Division One job, in my opinion. 877-374-7463. And that just my take there, it goes back to your take. Like, well, that goes to the other question. If we let them go now, somebody going to give them a job, whether it's six months from now or a year. So somebody ain't like we're going to go ahead and exercise our right at the University of Texas, and we're doing away with that guy. He'll never coach again. Like I said, man, you had two coaches on wiretaps that were still in timeouts calling timeouts. Sean Miller, Arizona, through the wire. Now he got another job. Never had to take no timeout. It's crazy. 877-374-7463. All right, before we switch gears to NFL Night Say, we've got some questions on Facebook Live here. Um, Let's see. Adam Martinez. Calvin, observation, shortly after the Sean hiring with your Broncos, you mentioned that no matter what Sean accomplishes in Denver, he's already a Hall of Fame coach. Do you consider McCarthy a Hall of Fame coach? He has a very close to the same track record as Sean. Personally, I think you need two Super Bowl victories. Uh, well, Adam, um, yes, I did say that. I, I, you know, I truly believe that regardless what the end of the chapter, the tenure is with Sean Payton in Denver, he is already a Hall of Fame coach. I've been saying that. But first of all, I never saw Sean Payton coaching anywhere besides New Orleans before he stepped away. Now, when he stepped away, I knew he was coming back and it wasn't going to be with New Orleans. But at the time during that, so I've always had respect. and I've always talked like this with Sean. This has nothing to do with him becoming the Denver coach. But I think he is already a Hall of Famer. And the thing about Mike McCarthy, look, because I've heard this comparison like one Super Bowl each, they're similar. No, they're not. Now, I'm not saying Mike McCarthy is not going to be a Hall of Fame coach. I don't know. I kind of, you know, kind of like what you say, Adam. I mean, that's fair enough. If you want to say the bar needs to be at least two Hall of, Super Bowls be Hall of Fame, uh, that's your opinion. Maybe there's a lot of people share your opinion. I'd have to get more time to think if I agree with that. But if it just talks about the comparison, because it's not just you, Adam, but I've heard this saying, well, what's the difference? Mike McCarthy's got one Super Sean Payton, to me, it's not close. And I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's trash because he's not. The man won a Super Bowl. He went with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers ain't sniffed the Super Bowl since he left, since he got him fired and backstabbed him. Probably went on a quiet retreat that time, probably darkness. And I think, how am I going to screw over McCarthy? I hate these plays. The truth of the matter, Sean Payton, like oh, the perfect example, Mike McCarthy follows Mike Holmgren. Did Mike Holmgren leave the cupboard bare? No, he didn't. He left him with Brett Favre. And basically, on and, and, and not only that, uh, what's my man? Ted Thompson, for the, the, the GM, the older GM, rest his soul. <laughs> Mike McCarthy walked into that. Oh, and I'm sorry. Uh, we had Brett, that's a future Hall of Famer. Okay. Might be Madoff's cousin, but he's a future Hall of Famer. He walked into that. Oh, and we're going to take this guy named Aaron Rodgers that's going to sit here that's just talented cow. The Saints were wearing paper bags on their head when Sean Payton showed up, and he showed up in the year prior to them going 3-13 and and took them to the NFC Championship the same year with a quarterback nobody wanted and thought his arm was done. They told Nick Saban, no, man, go with Dante Culpepper. Drew's done. 
Sean runs circles around Mike McCarthy, and I don't think Mike McCarthy's trash, but there's levels. I don't care if they – there's, like I said, there's circumstances of everything. Where you want to say, well, they both got one ring. No. No. Has Mike has, – and I would say just to end this, has, has anybody – at the time that his tenure in the New Orleans Saints, did the Saints ever have to hire a quarterback's coach? Or have to bring somebody in during his tenure to be a quarter or a new coordinator to get to Drew Brees' quarterback. Nuff said. Keep it going. What you got? Uh, over on Twitter, uh, we have Dante checking in, similar with the Packers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, question, how does Jordan Love and his agents approach the Packers as far as his future with the team if Aaron returns? Good question, Dante. Um it's almost like a Jimmy G and tra- uh, Trey Lance. Well, no, kind of- I think it comes to a point that, you know, I do believe reports out there that, you know, LaFleur and their general manager, that they're ready to probably turn the page and sink or swim with love. And to really find out, do we have something in this kid or we've got to go back to the draft? Because it gets exhausting. As I just talked about Mike McCarthy, the whole Brett Favre, it get, they've gone it. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's crazy how it works. The sports gods work. Some organizations – you go through the same thing. Like people change the same, but sometimes your organization is just meant to be like that. Like this is playing out almost a similar situation with the Brett. So to answer Dante's question, if I'm looking for the GM, you got to take a page out of Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy. You got to stand the bully in his face and say, Hey man, I know you're going to have a street named after you. I know you're going to have a statue here, you know, but the reality of it is we're ready to move on because the truth of the matter is for the last two years, Aaron Rodgers has not been totally a hundred percent committed in the green Bay Packers in the offseason. He's not, he's ripped these young receivers and he spends no time with me. He spends more time on his golf game than he does practicing with these new receivers. So it, it's, it's one of those situations to where I just think that if they are really ready to move on from love, they just need to sound like, Hey, yeah, find a trade. I mean, we ain't going to just give you away. But we're comfortable to move on. And if that means from us going to double-digit wins, I mean, they didn't get double-digit wins. They barely backed in this year to playoffs. But if it means for us having to go through, you know, uh, I don't know, some 7-11 seasons, some six for a season or two until we find out love's not the guy, it's better than basically you sitting here and pretty much trying to hold the organization hostage. What's the common theme, though, too? What is the Packers? What's one of their biggest flaws? It's cute and everything, but they're owned by the fans, by the city. Everybody gets a little certificate if you're a Green Bay Pack. You get an owner, this stuff's got to be nipping the bud, even if it's Aaron Rodgers. That, that's another reason why this stuff has manifested and just sit here and just basically just soil because there's no face. There's, there's no ownership. They're in a very unique situation, but it just the theme stays the same with me when it comes to that. 877-374-7463. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York.
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.